Picks 22 to 32. Final installment of the mock draft. A lot of OTs. We're breaking it down on today's Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget, subscribe, follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your pods. I, of course, am Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst, and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. This is the final installment. First round mock, we did 1 through 10. We did 11 through 21. Now we're doing 22 through 32. And my gosh, just before we get started, a lot more OTs coming off the boards. And there's still some left in the second round that I couldn't even sneak in here. So this point in time is, I think, where you're going to see a lot of these guys come off the board. Because forward-thinking playoff teams know that, one, if there's a strong position, it means that inherently talent that otherwise would have gone higher gets pushed on boards. And two, that O-line especially is one that you draft before you need them. Draft them before you need them. You don't want to be starting rookie offensive tackles, offensive guards, offensive centers. If you don't have to, your draft one is the year before you need one. And two, it's, it's a position where if you have a guy – a good offensive line coach, you can take those more physically gifted guys that are projects and feel better about the chances of them succeeded. Rather, if you don't have a good offensive line coach, you don't have that good situation for them to develop. Well, maybe don't go taking those projects. Maybe just don't try until later on in the draft. All right. Number 22, Philadelphia Eagles. As I just mentioned, they go Tyler Guyton, Oklahoma offense tackle in this draft. Now, not only because Lane Johnson, opined that they should take him fellow sooner, but also because Lane Johnson will be 34 years old this season. And we've seen what this offense looks like when he's not in the lineup and it's not been pretty. So not necessarily again, a need Howie Roseman doesn't necessarily hasn't necessarily drafted for need. He drafts valuable positions, OT valuable position. And one that very well could be a need sooner rather than later with Lane Johnson getting up there in age, keeping that strength of strength, keeping their, viability in the trenches, their dominance in the trenches. And any guy who's super talented, going to Jeff Stoutland, O-line coach there for the Eagles, that I'd be surprised if he doesn't have him as a high-caliber starter at some point on his rookie contract. At 23, Texans. I have them going Clemson cornerback Nate Wiggins. I love this fit. One of my favorite fits in the entire draft. Now, if Johnny Newton, Illinois DT, is on the board here, I would like that too, especially with Sheldon Rankings hitting free agency. But I think Nate Wiggins and what he can do as a pure cover guy across from Derek Stingley Jr. That, that's a cover duo on the outside that you can just, you quite frankly, you could sit and cover three all day with a duo like that. You, you know, cover three leaves you very susceptible up the seams and out in the outside. But when you have two guys like that that can cover the ground that they have, that they do, Wiggins is one the most impressive athlete at the cornerback position in this class. The guy can flat out fly. He's so smooth. His issues revolve more around the fact that he's still skinny, the fact that he's not a great tackler. In that scheme, it wouldn't ask him to do much of that. It would be a lot of 
press on the outside when you have a guy like Stingley on the other side, two actually very similarly tool dudes that, man, I, I just think that could take you to the next level as a defense. That one, you know, if you reached for an edge rusher here, like a Darius Robinson, I'm not sure it does, you know? So one of my favorite fits if he's on the board there in the entire mock. At number 24, Dallas Cowboys. I'm going offensive tackle Amarius Mims, the Georgia tackle who I've raved about. I think he's extremely talented, but fewer than 900 snaps in his career. Now, Tyron Smith is a free agent, impending free agent for the Dallas Cowboys. Even if he's back, and I assume he will be back. I, I don't think the Cowboys really are in a position to let him go unless they feel good about moving Tyler Smith back out to tackle. But assuming he will be back, you still draft a guy like Amir Smith. Tyron Smith, 33, has had a lot of injury issues of late over the past handful of seasons. And again, it's the same rationale as what we just used for the Eagles. Cowboys love drafting their first-round offensive linemen, dating back to Tyron Smith, to then Zach Martin, to then Travis Frederick, to then Tyler Smith. Their hit rate at that position has been absurdly high. I could go back to the well and keep that pass protection with how much drop-back concepts you use with Dak. To me, Amaris Mims, fantastic. Uh, and truthfully, could even be an upgrade if Tyron does play two, three more years over Terrence Steele here shortly. On to 25, Green Bay Packers. I had a lot of different ways I wanted to go with this. You know me and my Packers fandom. I've been banging the table for a guy like Keon Coleman, the FSU wide receiver. I would just love a reliable third down route runner with great hands and ball skills to win in the red zone. I just think that takes this offense from very good to that unstoppable level that you need to win Super Bowls, right? You, you don't, you don't win Super Bowls by just being a top 10 offense in the NFL. There's 10 of them. If that's, if you're just flipping the coin through the 10 every year, it's going to take you a decade to win, right? That's not necessarily how that works, but you know what I'm saying? If you have that unstoppable dominant offense, like the Chiefs have had in times over the years, that that's what gets you multiple Super Bowls, right? That's what the ability to never be counted out wins you games in the playoffs. However, I did not go Keon Coleman in this mock draft. I went Iowa cornerback Cooper DeGene. Is he a safety? Is he a slot? Is he an outside corner? My answer to all of those questions is yes. And that's why I love the fit for the Green Bay Packers is because – it gives you the flexibility to let Eric Stokes, your former first rounder from a couple of years ago, let him have kind of a second wind here in his rookie contract under a new DC and Jeff Halfway. And a scheme that I think is probably more suited to his strengths and that it would be playing at the line of scrimmage a little bit more than he ever did in the past. Or even a guy like Carrington Valentine, give him the ability to develop on the outside after an encouraging rookie season. And so then you could just you could start Cooper Gene off at safety, or you could start him off in the slot if you don't bring back Keyshawn Nixon. There's just he's that versatile. He's just a great all-around football player that I think you just add him to that defense and then figure out what to do with him later because they need some guys with some versatility there on that back seven. And it's definitely if you're pointing at needs in this roster, it is the biggest need. I'd love for them to take advantage of this O-line class as well, but at this point in time. Cooper DeGene is a talent that I think you would want as Packers fans. Ebay Bucks, 26 now on the clock. 
I have them going Penn State defensive end Chop Robinson. A guy who I think has been unfairly knocked throughout this draft process. He is an utterly unbelievable athlete. I mean, truly up there with, you know, likes of Von Miller, likes of Micah Parsons. His explosiveness, his twitch, his agility is off the charts. He just he needs to develop a few pass rushing moves. It's not too, even compared to, you know, Jason Owe, or I guess Odafe Owe, excuse me, who we were kind of talking about in a similar light where it's like, man, what a freak. Just what does he do as a pass rusher? Like, what was this whole thing coming out? He had like one sack his last year at Penn State. To me, Chop Robinson's light years ahead of Owe was coming out, of what Owe was coming out. And you saw it this past year. Owe was a freaking impact player for the Baltimore Ravens. One of the better, you know, probably not a top 15 edge rusher in the NFL, but probably a top 32. And like I said, Chop Robinson, I think, is further along in his development. I think he's a more NFL translatable athlete. And you saw the flashes all over his tape. He just was a little banged up this year. And I think for the Bucs, with Shaquille Barrett in his early 30s, getting up there in terms of cap hits, this is your heir apparent to him is a guy who can be a weapon in blitz packages for Todd Bowles because he's so wound up that he can get home in a hurry off of stunts, uh, off of blitzes. I, If he falls to pick 26, I think it's a easy decision for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go chop Robinson. I, I cannot fathom this guy, the athlete like that, falling out of the first round. Get back to the mock in just a second. But first, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is your sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, on number 27, where we'll stay on the edge. Cardinals going Missouri defensive end Darius Robinson. That's a good offensive line to choose from at this point. But I think the defensive line is such a disaster there. And Robinson feels like such a high floor player. That it's just, you, again, you chalk up, you chalked up the W at four with Marvin Harrison Jr. You chalk up a W down at 27 with Darius Robinson. Maybe he's never going to be J.J. Watt or, you know, an elite pass rushing defensive end, but he's a high floor three down lineman with inside outside versatility that kind of lays the foundation for a D line that needs Frank, quite frankly, all four positions. Right. And so if you're looking at the rest of this draft as the Cardinals, the rest of your needs, it's like you can find a corner in the third round. You can find an offensive tackle with your next pick at the top of the second round. You are not going to find too many more pass rushers, too many guys. Damn, no one built like Robinson for sure, but just not a lot more pass rushers outside of this pick if you're the Arizona Cardinals. And also the video of him with Jonathan Gannon after he gets drafted on the Cardinal social media is going to be electric because he's going to say some crazy stuff. With how, Dar- with how freakishly Darius Robinson's built. We cannot wait to see what that looks like. On to number 28, Buffalo Bills. I have them going LSU wide receiver Brian 
Thomas Jr. I may have stole this one from Lance Zerline because I loved it so much. Realistically, I think he goes a little higher than this. If he wasn't with Malik Neighbors in that LSU offense, he, he might even be like a top 10 pick in this draft. If he was out at, let's say, Alabama this year. No, Alabama's not probably a great example because they were such a disaster in their passing game. If he was at, who had a good quarter? If he was with, okay, so we've switched roles with him and Tez Walker in North Carolina. If he's paired with Drake May this year as the guy in that offense, he would have gone for 1,500 yards, this guy. I mean, he is, for a taller wide receiver, and, you know, LSU, 6'4", probably going to run the four threes. For a guy like that, he's going to get DJ chart comps, obviously, you know. He, to me, is much better after the catch, much better at the line of scrimmage than DJ Chark. To me, he's like Christian Watson with better ball skills and just more polished as a route runner. Like, that's the kind of athlete we're working with. Maybe not quite the necessarily high end that Christian Watson has, but he's just a tremendous all-around athlete at that size. And for the Buffalo Bills, I think he's what Gabe, they always wanted Gabe Davis to be. You know, that guy who's a vertical threat that if he's one-on-one it's just an auto go auto go that route if you put too much attention on stefan Diggs, he's going to make you pay in a big way gabe davis never turned into that i think brian thomas could very easily and very quickly turn into that if you're the buffalo bills so again will he make it 28 i feel less confident in that than i do that if he is at 28 the bills will pick him that's just a great fit for that offense onto the detroit lions Number 29, I have them going Alabama cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry. Rebuilding the 2022 Bama secondary. It worked out great for them last year. Going Brian Branch in the second round. Another guy who got hated on because he didn't have the tools, right? Didn't quite have, not hated on, I guess still went in the second round. But got fell down boards, even though he's top 20 player for a lot of people, myself included. But he just didn't have the testing numbers that you look for in a DB. Didn't matter year one. That to me is Kool-Aid McKinstry in this class. He won't test off the charts. He's so skilled at the line of scrimmage. He's a good tackler. Tough player. A guy who's just, again, perfect for Aaron Glenn's scheme as an outside corner there to where you have a roster without a lot of needs. And so get a guy who's a perfect, perfect scheme fit, who I, I think is more talented than the 29th best player in this class. And you'll fall again because people look for athletes cornerback position. That's what they do. Kool-Aid is just he's good, man. He's an all-around talented dude. On to number 30, Baltimore Ravens on the clock. Island going BYU offensive tackle, Kingsley Suamata-Ia. And again, it's another well-run franchise that has the luxury of forward-thinking picks that can take advantage of a deep tackle class that I'd be very surprised if they don't try to tap into it, especially with Ronnie Stanley's injury issues, Morgan Moses' injury, or not injury issues, age at this point in his early 30s, to where he doesn't have to play right away, but chances are he may get forced into playing at some point. And a guy that has all the tools in the world. I love his anchor in pass protection. So solidly built. Such a high-end athlete. Just... Needs some seasoning, needs more reps. Early guy coming out, only a junior, only two years as a starter. So has played right tackle and left tackle, gives you a little bit of flexibility in that regard. 
And again, if you have to pass protect for Lamar Jackson, your anchor to me matters more or is more important. Those guys, they get, keep those wide pockets because you get bull rushed a lot when that's the case. Kingsley can do that, man. He's got one of the better anchors in this draft class. So a pick that I think would make a lot of sense for the Ravens and a guy who on the move can do a lot of things for you and allow you to be creative in that running game with him on the football field. On to number 31, Washington O-line Troy Fautanu goes to the 49ers, another office lineman off the board. This one isn't a forward-thinking pick. This one is a, we need this dude right now. We saw how much Chris Jones wrecked their O-line and their game plan in the Super Bowl. We know that Trent Williams is going to be 36 next year with this O-line already kind of running on vapors. It's just, he makes a lot of sense from a need. He makes a lot of sense from a fit as an athlete who can play on the move, who can pass protect from day one for you, whether it's at guard or at tackle. And yeah, I I think this one, if he's on the board, another kind of no-brainer situation where you don't have to think too much about it. I may have Graham Barton, the Duke offensive lineman, a little bit higher, but I know Fautanu has a ton of fans out there and probably goes ahead of him in real life. Last pick of the first round, Kansas City Chiefs. I have them going Florida State wide receiver Keon Holman. Keon Coleman. Almost said Holman. The Coleman hate has gone a step too far. He is still an exceptional possession wide receiver. Truly. Like, if he goes to the Chiefs, this guy is going to have one heck of a career. Just based off of ball skills alone with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to put up a thousand yards regularly because they one, they don't have that guy, <laughs> you know, as much as I like Rasheed Rice and think he could be a dynamic weapon for them. He's not that, that reliable, that level of reliable that Keon Coleman is. He's not that level of red zone threat that Keon Coleman is. And once Kelsey retires, truthfully, Coleman could take over a lot of that route tree. You know, Kelsey's not running a traditional route tree. He's running a fine space, a route tree that takes ball skills and savvy. Coleman has that as much as anyone in this draft class. And then some yak too. Like that, that is something that Coleman can do. Now he's not going to be called a tight end doing that. You're not going to do it from an inline alignment, but those same work, the middle of the field, find the soft spot in the zone, kind of get away from a linebacker. He's awesome at those. And a lot of people are going to say, Oh, you know, Get a JT Sanders to replace Kelsey in time. No, there's one Kelsey. You're not going to replace a Kelsey role with another tight end. It's just, it's not going to happen. There's a reason he's one of one, right? There's a reason those guys don't exist. You're going to have to replace him with a wide receiver. That's just a fact of life. So Keon Coleman to me is that guy that I would want. If he's on the board here, another cannot pass him up sort of situation. Get back to the mock in just a second. First, today's podcast brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find the exact thing you are looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because the ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your cart into the mvp and bring home that win 
Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, a little draft review here. Some of my favorite picks. Now, honestly, the top 10 of this draft, like it picks itself to some degree. They're all great picks in the top 10. Those guys are elite players there. It's a great draft to have a top 10 pick. I've said that a bunch. But some of the ones I love after that, I think the Colts and Brock Bowers isn't would be an awesome landing spot for both sides involved. Perfect place for him schematically. Perfect for Anthony Richard developmentally. Couldn't like that more. I think the Bengals are going to be in an awesome spot with this tackle class. They're just going to have a plug-and-play right tackle. Now, he may not be a plug-and-play high-end starter right away, but definitely guys who have high-end potential to fix that tackle need for them. I think that Nate Wiggins, the Texans, is one of my favorite fits in this entire draft. Uh, and I think Chop Robinson to the Bucks is one of my favorite fits in the entire draft. So it's a good first round, man. When you have a guy like Keon Coleman all the way at 32, when, you know, go back to weaker wide receiver classes, say, you know, Nikhil Harry was right at that pick, right? I think he was 31 back in 2019. Nikhil Harry is a top 32 pick versus Keon Coleman. To me, they're not closest prospects. Keon Coleman wipes the floor at the guy, Nikhil Harry. It's just that it's a loaded first round. There's too many guys. Too many talented players in this top 32. I do wonder, once we do get to trades, if there will be a clamoring for teams sitting in the second round to try to get back up. Because I do think after the top 40 or so, we see a big drop-off. And then after the kind of top 75 or so, there's an even bigger drop-off. Whereas once we get into like the 120s, top of the fourth round, where I usually say there's still talent to be had, fourth-round picks, you can still find starters. This year... I would not feel as confident in that assessment as years prior. It's a tightly packed group, a lot of high-end talent that may lead some to going and targeting their guy, but it also may lead some to not wanting those picks in the fourth, fifth, sixth round this year that people often have to give up to go move up and maybe wanting some more premium picks, maybe want some future picks to do so. So very excited to keep talking mock drafts with you guys. We have on the docket tomorrow, the, Best draft classes from this most recent NFL season and the worst draft classes from the most recent NFL season, 2023 NFL draft. Little early review on those. Until then, though, thank you for watching or listening to Renner Ranks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.